Well, speaking of fucked up, honey. Yes. Thank you. I was like, she don't came up. Look at mm-hmm. her. Getting look at mer- God. Getting merch. <laughs> I don't know if that's God, but yeah, look at something. Honey. Mm-hmm. He's not going to let me do anything. Let's get that right. Bitch, I see what you did there. You see what I did there. And I appreciate it. It's amazing. This remix will literally give you life. Okay, yeah, we're listening to Curse of the Mind. I'm going to let these queens calm down. Because they Ooh, do need to calm down. They're doing the most. All right. What is happening? Mm. What is happening on the record right now? Say your girlfriend. I'm like, no, this is my good Judy. Bitch, what the fuck you mean? Right. Ladies with an attitude, fellas that are not in the mood, continue. (laughs) (laughs) Time for the Messy Hour, right here on Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yes, y'all. So we are in the Messy Hour, but we're not going to be messy in the Messy Hour to begin with. I'm going to bring the phone up. We're going to have our special guest, and Ori is going to interview her. She's going to talk about her new book. And we are very, very excited to have Miss Kiara with us. How are you doing, baby? I'm doing so well. I honestly was listening to y'all. I love <laughs> listening to y'all. I feel like I'm just like a fly on the wall. Thank you. The- That's the whole point of the show is I want people to feel like they're hearing a bunch of bitches gossip and they're just like, oh, girl. <laughs> So okay, that's the whole okay. point of the show, but I'm going to turn you over to Ori, who is going to be the one um, navigating you through this interview. Well, I am just so happy to have you, Kiara Imani. Thank you so much for joining us on Queer State of Mind. Thank you for uh, having me here. I know this is a messy hour. I have been trying to be uh, as clean as possible. I keep having <laughs> friends texting me with gossip, and I'm like, look, y'all, I need all the good karma right now because it's so tempting to get messy. Get messy, girl. Well, see, yeah, we know because you're, you're about to release this book, so you have to be a little bit good, but then you maybe have to come back on the show when you could be a little bit messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll need, like, a, a second show so I could be, like, my messy self. But I'm going to be, like, the cleaner version of myself. I like that. I like that. Well, I we're going to get all into the book. We're going to get into who you are. But we're going to take a little music break. But before we do that, I am just curious. Um, what is it like to kind of have this book about to come out? The release date is August 9th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon and all the book places. We've got our link. If you follow us on Instagram, you can get the link there. But what does it feel like to have this book about to come out to the world? Honestly, it feels very surreal. I've been living with the book for a long time now. It's been like almost two years in the making. So I feel like the book has been out in the world forever. Yeah. I keep being like, your book is about to come out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. I feel like it's been out. <laughs> right. Well, it's for, for the writer, it's always like it's a long process, right? It's like, and when it comes out, it's kind of like the beginning of a whole new process. But really, the process starts like with the idea or even before the idea, like the life experiences, because this book is all about life experiences. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it so we're gonna have a music break first we're gonna go to our throwback track say do tell us what that is and then we'll be back with kiara in a moment i picked a song from my youth that used to slay me in the clubs back in 97 98 she did, she did. Uh, oh, oh she did yeah 
You know what that is. And when this <laughs> came on, honey, played it at the garage. Aye, oh, aye. In Columbus, Ohio, back in the... It was Heaven's What I Feel from um, Gloria's, uh, Gloria Stefan's album, Gloria. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't know nothing about that. That album had hap- That album had all the drag queen, yeah. Spanish dance mixes on it. Whenever yeah. you go she to a drag audience, show, <laughs> you will see a piece of Oye oh, yeah, and I just want to be happy. So those two always have like a little uh, um, place in my heart. But this song was the lead single. And so I remember this from my youth when I was like 18, 19. That's the so we're going to play this real quickly. And then we'll be back with the interview with Kiara. You're listening to Question of Mine live on Radio Free. Brooklyn, y'all. Love sometimes can be like destiny. There's no way to say forever. May not realize your dreams. Love sometimes. It's like the blowing wind It can take us to wherever Sending us on silent wings But I'm broken
Yes, honey. You can just take her plug over there. Yes. Sorry, back behind the scenes. Yes. Um, that was Miss Gloria Stefan. Heaven's what I feel. And before we bring our guests back up, I just want to take this time with Ori to be like the 90s. So as a 90s kid, like, you know, we were there weren't that many of us uh, running around, but baby, this song is to kill the girls. This song, <laughs> I don't know. It it again, it's a part of that period of time of like young queer yes. I mean, we were just we were just in it we were in the yes. scene we were in the scene we were the scene like i probably danced on a box to this song at some point and i danced in a box and danced in a box of the song i did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> take from that what you will take from that what you will honey. <laughs> oh that was a good time well I let's know. bring our guests back up so we can continue this interview that's very important about mental health yes yes, yes. So, Kiera. sorry we have you back here how you doing darling Doing fabulous. Thanks for asking. I love your voice. So yes. we're gonna turn it back over to our Barbara Walters here, Miss Ori Laverne <laughs> Cox, honey. Because, no, yeah. Oh, that's a new name. So <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here, Kiara. You are accomplished across the board, an accomplished attorney, a media personality, an entrepreneur, and now you're an author, and you are bringing us this amazing memoir that really, I mean, from like the first page resonated for me. It's called Therapy Isn't Just for White People. And you're joining us live from California. So thank you for waking up, because I know it's early. Thank you so much for waking up and joining us here on Queer State of Mind. Tell us a little bit about you and tell us how you got to writing this book. Yeah, so I am from Manassas, Virginia. That's where I grew up predominantly um, in my youth. I also spent a lot of time in Charlottesville, that's where I went to school. I always knew I wanted to be in the storytelling space. I just didn't know in what capacity and have decided to do that in a lot of different ways. A lot of people are like, wait, you have a background as an attorney, but now you're, you know, doing radio and writing books. How does this fit together? But as an attorney, I um, worked in the entertainment space and was, have been and still sometimes do like contracting on the side. But just negotiating contracts and deals, like brand deals and talent deals. But really, I'm just telling the story of the expectations that people have for an experience. So it's storytelling in another way. Um, I've always loved storytelling. I've been writing in journals. I was a child. I, you know, was just reading a little chapter book I wrote in, in third grade to my family the other day, and they were cracking mm. up because. I love it. The book was about a girl who was paranoid that someone's trying to ruin her life. Like, why am I writing about that? <laughs> <laughs> the things that happen that go on as youth. Exactly. Um, but I, it was funny because I um, have struggled with generalized anxiety disorder, just being generally anxious. And I mean, anxiety is a feeling that a lot of us experience, but generalized anxiety, a lot of times it's not connected to anything necessarily um, that's actually threatening. Mm -hmm. So you might have a job interview tomorrow and you experience anxiety. I think a little bit of that is probably good. It's adrenaline. It keeps you on your toes. And anxiety can be an indicator, too, as to what's important or to what's scary. I think it makes you stop and say, oh, there's an emotion going on here. What is it? Um, But with generalized anxiety, a lot of times it's anxiety over nothing. Um, or just something that's not important. Like, I can't find a book that I'm looking for, and then it just spirals out of control. Like, that's not a reason that you should be feeling anxious. Um, and then it starts to hurt you instead of help you. Because in general, I think anxiety can be a superpower. Absolutely. Um, and, and just the ability to feel is a superpower. If you think about, 
you know, putting your hand on a fire, if it didn't feel hot, your hand would burn. So being able to feel and having the capacity to say, huh, something's wrong. Let me check in with myself. I think is a really dope superpower. But if you have that feeling all the time, it's overwhelming. So, and just looking for ways to cope with that. And I'm, I tell everybody like I'm on medication. I take Lexapro every single day. It's the best thing ever. Um, but I had a friend suggest therapy to me and I didn't understand why she thought talking to some stranger about my life was going to make me feel less anxious. I just wasn't open. I mean, growing up in a, a black community, I'm a black woman. Therapy was just not something that was discussed, nor really was mental health. It was all about praying away your stress and giving it to Jesus, and you're too blessed to be stressed. And if you're feeling anxious, it means your prayer life ain't right. Mm. So I just didn't see therapy was as an option. Um, but eventually, I think it just got to the point where being anxious was taking up so much of my life that I wanted other possibilities. And I was like, you know what, let me just try this. So I went to therapy like my first day, like, look, I'm just here to deal with this anxiety thing. Like, you don't need to talk about my past. I come from a great family. My parents are still married. I'm successful. I'm highly functioning. I'm not crazy. Probably like your other patients. Like, we just want to focus on the anxiety. And of course, I'm sure she thought that was hilarious, but didn't yeah. say anything. Because <laughs> if you've ever been therapy, you know, you can't really figure out where you are without looking back to where you've been. But yes. I didn't know that at that time. So there were just a series of questions that she would ask me uh, where I would just freeze up. And uh, one of the ones I talked about in the book where I was talking in the session about how I was about to be 30 and I wasn't married yet. And like that was freaking me out. And she started asking, like, well, why do you think you have to be married at 30? And I'm like, I don't know. Everybody has to be married at 30. Mm. She asked, like, do you think you feel that way because your parents got married young? And I just kind of froze and got really uncomfortable because it was a realizing like, oh my gosh, I have so many ideas in my head about who I'm supposed to be. Maybe they actually haven't all come from me. Like maybe it, society is telling me I should be this and my family is telling me I should be this or they're not even telling me this is just what I've seen because normal is just what you're used to. So I'm anxious because I'm trying to put myself into these boxes and I've never taken the opportunity to decide, like, what is your voice telling you? So just being able to deconstruct a lot of what the world tells you about what it means to be a successful black woman in America and building up for myself what I believe that means was, like, the most incredible thing for me. So in the book, I share a lot of experiences growing up that I think really uh, shaped my mental health journey. And a lot of stories that I, you know, shared in, in therapy, it was so easy for me to pull from stories because I told so many to my therapist over okay. the past um, however many years. Well, without giving away secrets from the book, how would you describe, maybe from a high level, the journey from being, you know, uncomfortable with addressing your anxiety to taking the steps to find therapy as a solution? Well, I think I'm still still on that journey. I've been telling people I don't write from the perspective of the doctor. I write from the perspective of a patient. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm somebody who did not believe in therapy and didn't think it was important to go back and look at my life and the experiences. And what I, I define trauma is personally, and I get this a definition from Dr. Anita Phillips, 
is anything that negatively affects the way you see yourself, God, others, and the world around you. And when you think about it like that, like we've all dealt with a lot of trauma. And micro traumas, I would say, are just like small little bits of that. And sometimes when we think about small experiences, like, oh, yeah, this person told me I was pretty for a black girl. Or, oh, "Oh, yeah, I was reading this magazine as a kid and everybody had long, straight blonde hair. It's just lots of experiences on top of each other. They really start to affect you in the same way that, like, one big trauma might. It just, like, builds up over time. So in the Mm. book, I'm really just diving into lots of different micro traumas, lots of stories. And I think, well, I believe the the most powerful words in the world besides I love you or me too. So I'm hoping that people of color will be able to read and know that they're not alone because being alone is like the worst possible thing you can feel when you're going through something. Um, so you can be like, oh my gosh, me too. I experienced that too. And for people that are not black or for the pieces where I'm talking about what it means to be a woman to me, for people who can't resonate, I'm hoping it will allow them to build empathy and to better understand some of these issues that we talk about when people are like, I don't mm. Let me uh, just say something real quickly. I'm glad you touched on that because um, most recently I discovered that. Um, <clears throat> so I have a lot of trauma in my life, like big trauma. But my big traumas don't affect me. It's most recently, believe it or not, the past four weeks, I understand my little traumas. Mm-hmm. That's what's been getting me. I was actually triggered the other day by a little trauma. I was like, oh, my God. So it's not the war. It's not the big shit. And all the time I tell people about my stories, it's like you should be traumatized behind your big shit. I'm not traumatized behind my big shit. And it took me a while to realize I'm traumatized behind my micro shit. And it really showed up recently. I was like, oh, my God. It's not the big shit. It's not the war. It's not this. Because I had, I had to deal with that to live. I had to yeah. deal with that to walk. Yeah. But what I did was the little shit. I said, this is little. This is not this. So I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm just going to deal with the big shit and work on that. So now the small shit has come to collect. Right, and it's 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 been it's, it's been working a, that out. It's you, been you, a treat, honey. You, and that small, I'd be like, what? Yeah. Sometimes this? you focus on those bigger things, and you don't yep. get to the smaller things. Yep. So I'm curious because you know this started for many of us, and you noticed in the book, or you noted in the book, um, care that this started really, really young. Um, you know, this started yeah. with with your name, you know, and being in school and being the only black girl in school. I was the only black kid in school. I remember that feeling, and people looking at you and, you know, getting on the bus when everybody else walks, things like that. You know, talk about, you know, as you have unpacked these things, talk about the, the feelings that you have now after, you know, you've, you've kind of done some of the work to get some of those microaggressions to the surface, some of those microtraumas to the surface and really pinpoint how they've affected you in, in your current life. Yeah, it's so interesting that you asked that because, I don't believe because I wrote this book or I've been going to therapy that anxiety no longer exists or Uh microaggressions no longer affect me. I think the difference is I'm aware that it's important to pay attention to my experiences and I allow myself to feel my feelings and move through the emotions like I have the tools. Just the other day, I was on the radio and... Um, I have a show here in LA KB, on KBLA 1580 every day from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Three hour show. Yes, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Promote, honey. Let, let us know. <laughs> Three hours. Um, 
what most of our, I would say the predominantly our listeners are um, African American or black. And uh, one of our callers called in and said, you know, this girl, she's annoying because her voice sounds too white. She talks like a white girl. And oh. I thought it was so funny because I actually have a chapter in my book mm-hmm. that says, that's called, You Talk Like a White Girl. Mm-hmm. And ah. what does it mean? Is, is talking white, is it intellect? Is it because my subjects and verbs agree? Is it tonation? Is it my extensive vocabulary? And why do we, would we associate any of those things with whiteness? I think there are so many ways in which mm. we actually keep ourselves down because yeah. we've internalized what the world has told us what black is. And it frustrated me when she said it. Like, I wrote a book about it. I have a chapter about it. And I still felt frustrated. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference now is that I'm able to look in the mirror and say, that is her experience. That is her voice. You know that black is not limited. Black can be anything you want it to be. You are black unapologetically. And however she feels about what black sounds like or what black looks like does not apply to you. It's a reflection of her and not you. So I just had the tools to work through it, but it didn't mean it still didn't like affect me. No, it's like still a smack in the face, right? It's still hard when you encounter those things. That was a good segue. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's the, still the messy hour, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, right? It is the messy. Hour. It is the messy hour. No, I, I just think it's so when you're dealing with these these topics, and especially when you know everything kind of has an intersection of of race, and and our racialized experience in this country determines so much of what we experience as an individual, what we experience collectively as groups, and you touched on it earlier that particularly in black communities, a lot of communities have this issue too. Mental health isn't seen as the same priority, right? It isn't seen like, you know, you break your arm, you're going to go to the doctor mostly if you have the ability to go to the doctor. You know, you see that as something that you need to be fixed by a doctor. But when your brain is broken or when your mind is broken, or when you're, you're not able to process things as you normally would because of whatever's happening mentally, I don't think people see that as as the same and talk to me about the power just of putting to words these stories and and codifying it and saying yes i suffer from generalized anxiety disorder yes i utilize lexapro um yes i utilize therapy talk to me about that power of claiming that story yeah i just you can't fix something that you won't even address right like you can't Ooh, clean up your room that's just a word honey it, <sighs> Right. Like, we'll we'll stick with it with the messy theme. If you're telling yourself <laughs> my room is fine, but everybody else is like, oh, it thinks it's mess. And, and you won't allow yourself to, to see that you won't even give yourself the opportunity to clean it up. Mm. So I think right. just being able to be honest about your story and where you are. I think I've never been to um, Alcoholics Anonymous, but I have friends that have. And they say, like, one of the first things is being able to admit to yourself that you're an alcoholic. Because if you can't admit to yourself that that is an issue, you won't allow yourself to take steps to change it. And I think just being black in general, there are already so many stories about how we're inferior or less than. So who wants to add to that list by like, oh yeah, and I'm suffering with some like mental health stuff. It just feels Uh like too much. Like 
if you're, you know, if you've ever worked in like a corporate space or a job or whatever, a lot of times if you are one of the only ones like you, there's this extra pressure that you have where you have to, you feel like you have to prove that you belong and people are kind of like trying to make sure you're actually smart enough to be there or did you just get here because you're black and right. if you have to add on top of that, hey boss, I'm having a mental health day, it could just feel like a lot, uh, but it's necessary. We're human. Like we're not robots i Mm. think there's a lot of power in just being able to tell yourself the truth about yourself right i think sometimes telling yourself your own truth is the hardest truth to tell right we don't let us absolutely it could be so easy to like talk to our friends and be like "Ooh, girl this is what you got going on with you and i don't know if you want my opinion but the way i see it is and just to be real honest, like, I'm going to keep it real. But then, and I was just joking with my mom about this the other day. Cause she's like, I keep it real. Like, I'm always, I'm always ready to tell the truth about how I feel. I'm like, yeah, you're always ready to tell me how you feel about me or about my sister or about somebody else. But when it comes to you, you don't be ready to have no real conversations. Not having it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go into that. We, we don't have too much time left, um, but it's been so great talking to you. The last thing I really yes. want to ask you about this, um, you know, other than kind of dealing with the racialized trauma, um, you talked about family. And it's not that necessarily your family was a point of trauma because, you, you, as you said, you had a good growing up. You had stable parents, um, things that wouldn't necessarily be traumatic. But we come with all of our families trauma it's like it's 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 generational it's inherited you know you mentioned your grandmother your great grandmother a lot talk about family and how it really guided you in this process of of not only writing but just discovery self discovery yeah it's it's so funny that you asked that because i think there's a lot in what i say that speaks to my experiences growing up i talked about my grandma connie who actually passed from covid last year sorry um, and i'm so 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 glad that i took the opportunity to just get so many stories out of her especially when i told her hey i'm writing a book and i want to get more family stories uh because i didn't know that she would pass when that happened so it feels really special that i get to take a lot of her stories and experiences and kind of memorialize them so that they live forever because had I not decided to write this book, I might not have ever even, you know, made it a point to sit down and get a lot of those stories from her uh, and how powerful it can be to go listen to your family's stories and feel like, oh, I went through that too. Or dang, you ate, overcame that. I dealt with that too. I have a chapter where I talk about how people told my grandma growing up, you talk like a white woman. Um, and a chapter about how when she was buying a house, the realtor that she, you know, back in the day, you just get on the phone book, didn't know she was black, thought she was a white woman. And so he helped her get into this all white neighborhood. Had he known she was black, he wouldn't have done that. So just funny ways in which people telling her she talked like a white woman actually helped her. Um, but I think there's also a lot to be said about what I don't include in the book. I don't write a lot about my family from Haiti, my Haitian family, because there's this idea that you're never supposed to air your dirty laundry. Like you're not supposed to tell people what's going on with you. That's embarrassing. So there are a lot of those stories that I don't share. So I think even being able to find the courage to tell my story was me overcoming a lot of what I was told as a kid about how you're supposed to show up in the world, which is, you show up as perfect. As far as everybody's concerned, you have no problem. Yeah. And in and of that, you know, alone causes its own set of, 
of problems, like that striving to be perfect to the world and only show the good parts. This book has been fascinating. I just want to tell you, I've, I've dug in. I haven't gotten through all of it, and I'm excited to read through the rest of it. But I, I think that anybody who reads it, especially if you have a black identity, um, and specifically if you try to make it in this professional world, in this, in this, I'm not going to call it a white world because it's not, but it's a, you know, this professional world, um, I, I see a lot of myself in it. I, see, I think a lot of people see themselves in it. So it's coming August 9th. How can people get it? Yes, available Amazon, Barnes and Noble, a bookshop. You can also call your local black bookstore and try to order it there because I'm all for supporting black bookstores. And just anyone who's willing to go get it, get a copy, get a copy for your friend, I would greatly appreciate it. I want these stories to be told and I want this to be a conversation that we're all having. Yeah, and before we go, we actually have our other guest in the studio, Jay Bone, who's with us. He's going to give us some fitness tips later, but he wanted to ask you a question. Hello? Can, can you? Hi. Yeah. Okay. Oh, hey, hey. I just wanted to ask you a quick question because as, uh, as I was hearing you talking about, um, you know, uh, when someone mentioned you talk like a white woman, do you feel like you get um, maybe a lot of pushback from our community, uh, from females, uh, like that you're in? Like, because you seem to me that you're very agreeable and you're feminine. You don't seem like you uh, are argumentative. Um, do you seem? Do you feel like you get a lot of pushback for that? Oh, absolutely. I think people have a lot of preconceived notions about who I am. And also, don't get it twisted. I'm an attorney, so you can get this business. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know when to turn it on and when to turn it off. Let them know. Right, exactly. <laughs> but that, I, I feel like, you know... Again, like you said, you turn it on and turn it off, but that's your job, right? When we're out here in the general public, you know when to, you know, kind of... It's just a part of you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I just wanted to, because it it definitely has sounded like, like, it doesn't seem like a a race thing. It just seems like you go... A personality thing. Yeah, a personality thing. That's when it gets to that intersectionality. Intersectionality, yeah. It could be because of being a woman. It could be because of being black. It could be all of those things. And I think covering all those things in the book is really what kind of showed it for me. And that's kind of why intersectionality is important because we have to understand that there are different levels to this thing. Yeah. But, Ori... We want to follow you. Yes. Kiara, how can we follow Ori. you? And where can we get the You can get the book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble or your local black bookseller. That would be even greater. Find your local bookseller, call them, tell them to order it. But how can we follow you and keep in touch with you and hear you on the radio? Yeah. Yes, Instagram is probably the best place to get me, Kiara Imani Will, K-I-A-R-A, Imani Will. Imani means faith, for those of you that don't know. You can also follow me on Twitter, Kiara underscore Imani. I am on the radio every single uh, weekday, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. PST on KBLA 1580 if you're in the L.A. area. If not, you can listen on radio.com or download the app. Uh, lots of ways to stream the radio online. Awesome. Oh, Thank, awesome. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, so, y'all, Sarah. we are going to go to our music break, and then we're going to come back and talk to Jason about some fitness stuff over here. We're going to start with, it's all, it's an all, like, boy music break. Like, the, my favorite 90s groups that were, didn't get the 10, so we're going to start with <laughs> um, Shy, If I Ever Fall In Love, the acapella version. Oh. Uh, and yeah. then we're going to go to Last Night by As Yet. Oh, I love that song. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into Till You Do Me Right by After 7, Babyface's brother. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's cool. So you're yes. listening to Question of My Live on Radio Free Brooklyn. If this will play, yes, are you going to play? You Ooh. are.
Amen. No difficulties. Testicle difficulties. Testicle difficulties. Yeah. There we go. The very first time that I saw your brown eyes, your lips said hello and I said hi. I knew right then you were the one. But I was caught up in physical attraction. But to my satisfaction, baby, you were more than just a face. If I say that I could be your one and only Promise, promise, promise that you'll never leave me lonely I just wanna be the one you need Oh baby I just wanna be the one to serve you Sometimes I feel as if I don't deserve you I cherish every moment that we share Drag 
Honey, that was um, "Till You Do Me Right" by uh, After Seven. Took it back. Took it, it back, it honey. Back. We're just we're playing. Uh, what I like to call "Mama Hoe" music, honey. Mama Hoe music. <laughs> yeah. When your mom was a hoe, honey, but she don't act like she is. She's like, I was just a Christian woman. I said, "Now, nah, bitch, hold on." <laughs> that was before she was born again. <laughs> so I saw a picture of my mom from like '73 in some booty shorts with my godmother with a cigarette and beer in her mouth. I, I said. Now, to be fair, my godmother still has a cigarette and beer in her mouth, so she has not changed. <laughs> right. <laughs> However, I was like, change. She's like, oh, well, you know, that was the 70s. I was like, you over here, oh, good Christian woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a nasty hoe, huh, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Born fine. again. Born again. She found right. the Lord. Well, but you know what? Beautiful women have beautiful children. Speaking of beautiful children, Jason. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ain't that it? That, that was a transition it, here. It, it looks good, honey. It's, it's, it's a good one, honey. You can look it on our website. Jason's going to give us mm-hmm. some uh, He's a fitness instructor. Can you introduce yourself and tell the people what you do? Hey, how you doing, guys? Um, so, Ooh, oh, hey, my God. Say your meal. Say your meal. Huh? Oh, I, go ahead, girl. Yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm Jason. Uh, Jason Pabon. Uh, man. That sounds good when you say it that way, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I've been personally in fitness since I was nine. I started with uh, Taekwondo. 
Um, and then I transitioned once I got my black belt to other martial arts. I went to kickboxing, boxing, um, Muay Thai, uh, wow. all throughout, you know, you would do like wrestling, some kind of grappling and stuff. And then um, just this go to mentor crazy. to mentor. I'm going to need God to cloak me because it's the messy hour and this tequila strong. <laughs> you want to wrestle, don't you? I, <laughs> Okay, I hate fine. you. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Um, thank you for coming. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That you're here. Cursing heavy yet, people. And I think also, too, if you are listening, you can also see Jason if you really want to see Jason and you do. You can follow us on Instagram. We're live right now on Instagram as well. QSOMNYC. Isn't yes. that cute? We're trying to be multimedia. Yeah, We're doing go. it. <laughs> so, um, go ahead. Say so that. Jason, uh, what are some things people need to do to stay fit this summer? Not me, because you know, I'm drinking this tequila, girl. You know, I am smashing. Give her my titties out of girl. So it's my third titty. Well, actually, so, so um, contrary to a lot of people uh, might believe, Liquor, straight liquor, is not as bad as you might think. Oh, it's just overdoing it. Yeah, you know anything in anything in moderation, <laughs> moderation. is, is alright. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe like a shot here and there. But listen, listen, guys, you know, drink responsibly. Right, right. <laughs> Especially yeah. with this heat, you yeah. should definitely try to. If you're gonna drink, get some water with it. So I usually would say, maybe like uh, every shot per two glasses of water, just to make oh. sure that you're okay. Like Ooh, when you're going wow. outside. That's an additional, oh. See, that's an additional water. glass of water so that I might have normally drink. So you take two glasses of two glasses of water with one shot. shot. One yeah. shot, two glasses of water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, if you want the shot to hit, hit. You leave the water out. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you want the shot to hit, hit, yeah, you leave the water but then, out. Yeah, but then you're definitely. dealing with the heat problem. Exactly. Oh yeah. That's right. So, are there any things that you don't recommend doing as far as exercise in this extreme heat? Like, it's in the 80s. It's going to hit the mid 90s this week. Mm-hmm. Um, should you be out there running when it's in the mid 90s? Right. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big one. Um, so I, I always when when anyone asks me asks me a question about fitness, I always say it depends mm-hmm. because it does. Mm-hmm. It always depends. It's never mm-hmm. a one stop solution to everything. Mm-hmm. If you're used to road work, we call it road work. If you're used to running, you can still do it. You just need to know what you're doing when you're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So I always recommend road work in the morning when the sun before the sun is coming up, or in the in the afternoon when the sun is going down. Okay. Mm-hmm. So because most people don't run with water. Yeah. Right. 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 So right. that's why I I recommend either those two times. If you can't for some reason because everybody's schedule is crazy and you have to do it when the sun is up, I would uh, like advi- ad- advise you to have some kind of water. Or like a turtle back, the ones that they have the water. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, with the yeah, little sip thing, right? Okay. Because people don't, if they're not in tune with their body enough, they don't know when they're dehydrated. They don't mm. know the signs of dehydration. Okay. Um, and if for some reason, again, if you really can't, you just want to get it in, I got to go to work, you want to be quick about it, um, right after the workout, I would suggest like a Gatorade because the mm-hmm. mix of, of sugar and electrolytes is a quick, is a good quick pick me up so that you could get get on with the rest of your day so so you were talking about and, and thank you for saying that because mm. i i just got over COVID and i'm recovering from getting back into an exercise routine right. I exercise regularly yeah see me shape brother <laughs> it's been very challenging i've always had that independence of body and now i'm like struggling to get back into like oh, your yeah. body's still independent yeah oh uh, it is very independent <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> my clap back. I. But you know, when I was listening to all the different multidisciplinary yeah. exercise routines you've done, Muay Thai and oh, karate, I think you said. Yeah, taekwondo. You, yeah, taekwondo. Yeah. Karate. She did that. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay, girl. Karate. <laughs> mm-hmm. We under, uh, some of us understand East Asia. Oh, uh, but you know, has there been one that's been a favorite that you've helped has been the most beneficial to your overall health? Huh. I never, I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love, every, I love fitness and everything it encompasses, especially when you can see where one thing transitions to another. So it's like it's all connected. You just have to know how it connects. Right. So for instance, uh, I was actually having a conversation with my friends when we were ro- rolling last night. If you rolling is kind of like sparring or whatever, and then you know we yes, talk. Yes, please define that for I our audience. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. people will have the wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like double stack or triple stack, honey. That's that triple stack. Where it is? I'm like, yo, was rolling. That's not uh, what he was talking about. And, uh, <laughs> so when when we say well, so the term when it's rolling, it's like kind of like wrestling, kind of grappling, any kind of. Oh, like, uh, that and um, that. then sparring and sparring. So they kind of all encompassing, but people you kind of get the idea, like, oh, okay, you guys were like grappling or something mm-hmm. over there. So after the fact, we, we were talking, nerves, honey. and we was <laughs> <H-O>. clavicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my neck, my neck is actually a little sore from last. <laughs> <If, laughs> isn't that what they said? Donald Trump did. He like grabbed the Secret Service clavicle person and was like, oop. Oh, remember? Oh, we said we were going to talk about January 6th. There but, we go. Uh, but there, right. there that's the segue in. There it is. Segway no, no, that was it. Segue in, segue out. So, for instance, uh, Taekwondo is very ki- heavy kick based. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So, uh, since I learned that first and then I m- moved my way to like kickboxing and, and uh, boxing, uh, the kicks are very unorthodox. Right? So then you, you learn kicks and you're like oh i know all the i know these kicks this mm-hmm. is very you know it's very similar to what i do and we just take t- taekwondo takes it to a different level but then you kind of see how those kicks help you out with this martial art and right. then you have a groundwork for everything got it I see. and then it all just trans translates to everything else right and, so you have no favorite amongst you like, no no no, no. i just yeah I, yeah no and, yeah and as long as it connects them. as long as i could find the connection and uh, then i just then mm-hmm. i love it no, I love it all. You've been on the show a few times. So there's always a question that I like to ask you because mm-hmm. I think it's really important for listeners who are trying to figure it all out, right? Yeah. So what do you suggest for people that are just new to working out who don't necessarily uh, feel comfortable mm-hmm. doing some of the big things? Like yeah. how do you how do you just get into fitness? We all we all can't have this the you know marquee body, you know, right. we all can't look right. like that. Uh, we all don't want it, girl. <laughs> we don't work. So what about the girls that don't don't be putting in that work, but they they think maybe it's time to start putting that work. You know, you might be about forty almost, you might push a forty, you know, you want to be putting that right. work. Uh, I was I was, don't be <laughs> shady. Don't interject <laughs> your shade I, in my question, ma'am. What did, what did she say? Well, ma'am. I, anyway, my my twenty four years. My first suggestion is if <laughs> It's always to get some kind of a mentor or a trainer. You don't you don't learn anything without learning it from somebody. Like we just don't come out the womb and just like, oh man, I got it all. Mm-hmm. Right. I just got his phone number too, so you know I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna lose that phone number, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I got the yes, card yes. at home too. Hi. Oh, lost it. My bad. <laughs> but that's all always right, to that's, get a mentor, yes. right? Yeah, that's Good. always the first thing because you know, um, people uh, they are intimidated first by the price a personal trainer mm. without understanding that it's a one-on-one relationship and it's time, right? It's time for us and anyone in any kind of profession to give their time to someone else. It means something. So it has to be paid for. Right. Right. Unless yeah. it's, uh, uh, because I always, uh, I'm always keen on some kind of a reciprocity where it doesn't have to be money. I could get like 
your expertise for my expertise. I'm always I'm fine yeah. with that personally. Good People that. gotta eat, right? Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I always get it. Right. Um. So I always I would always say get a mentor. If for some reason you can't do that, I would. Think about what I'm most comfortable in. Some people are comfortable in a community. Some people are comfortable by themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I would figure out what that is and then how I could do that in that. So whether it's the in-home workouts because you like to be by yourself, you like to just focus on yourself, or you need to find a community, then you need to do that. And how and however would make you... Because the point is, is what's going to make you stick to doing it? It's about mm-hmm. consistency. And whatever keeps you being consistent is what you need to do. So you need to figure out what that is. And thinking of people investing in their goal for their physical and mental health. Yeah. So right. we had the amazing. Okay. Era. Yeah. We had the amazing Kira talking about, about mental, mental health, health yeah. and how it's important to invest in that strength mm-hmm. in order to maintain the ability to achieve your goals, mm-hmm. find clarity in life. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking about the physical health, which also yes, corresponds again, like, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, mental. Mm-hmm, and it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, why not make that investment? If you can invest exactly. in, uh, getting extra margaritas every Tuesday. <laughs> if you can invest in, yeah. <laughs> did you feel true? Did you feel singled out, girl? <laughs> the way your face turned up. I w- Mark, you, did you get said, that on the live? Well, because Marquise <laughs> said read to me. That's why I'm jumping her she ass. Did? Girl. <laughs> no, say read to me. Not, think I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I feel like that was one of those situations where, like, you put a you put a vague sta- uh, Facebook post up, and then a bitch messaged you on DMs. Like, why was you talking about me? That's her. That's what just I, happened that's I, what happened there i get very misinterpreted nah, <laughs> i misunderstood look at that uh, <laughs> but you know my, my <laughs> well yeah i, I get you i get your I point so you, say, so sadie knows me very well and anytime he's ever seen me i'm always smiling i'm never i, I rarely get upset i've only I'm seen a, it once I'm, yeah 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 you only seen it once and it's in Ooh. specific circumstances right and, re, and everybody would ask me like you just you know how do you keep this outlook and i'm I'm too, I'm too tired to be <laughs> ang- like, I'm too tired to be angry because I work out so right. hard yeah. in the morning. Right. I get it out of the way in the morning. It's the hardest thing that I do without in the day. And it's just like, what else could, what else is going to take me down? Like right. I, I already got the hardest thing out of the way done. Everything else comparatively is going to be easy. I never yeah. thought as a, I love perspective, mm-hmm. like changing perspective. Yeah. And that's a really good one. Cause I know for me working out super hard, but I think that like, Tackling, like owning that, owning mm-hmm. that it's super hard, just getting through it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, I accomplished that really hard thing. Mm-hmm. And, and the benefits that come with it. Exactly. exactly. Because they're you physical and your mental. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> no, I just want to say, I was saying two minutes. That's all it was. Oh, oh yeah. Keep oh, talking. yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> oh, she's giving me cues. That's good. Yay. <laughs> Girl, I, come I got, on now. I got the clock. I got the clock. But so, still, so, honey, we're She being a good moderator. She keeping us on time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But. Yes. No, I just we since we do have about two minutes, and Jason, I know you do provide personal training services. Yes, right. I do. Yes, You're I do. interested. Um, and I was checking out your Instagram earlier today, not for anything nefarious, because I was trying to put together the promo, and I needed to find a picture. <laughs> oh man, it was and it was um, a great picture, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you. No, you know, I tried to try. It was a good one. It's good. One. I had to because crop it up a little high. Nefarious. <laughs> if I was being nefarious, I wouldn't have cropped that picture. But, uh, but anyway, uh, we'll go there later. Um, so. Tell us how people can find you oh, yeah, so if they're interested in maybe checking you out. Yeah, checking out so right now I just have the Instagram, uh, J-J-A-Y, Pabon, P-A-B-O-N, underscore fitness. Um, that's the Instagram right now. And I'm just really, uh, I've started working with people to create my website. And I'm going to have 
you know all of that done within this next month so i really have to start consolidating things and yeah. getting things in a way where i don't have to deal with scheduling and uh retention as much i just want to reach out to more be able to reach out to more people and just work on programs because it's it's a lot it's very time consuming mm. especially when you're doing it by yourself i have right. to reach out to every client make sure that they're good um make sure that they understand what the uh what what they signed up for you know and and all of that if i could just have it on the website and you just read you see yeah. the con- and that's all there right and i could just work on the you know the, f- the fun parts the of fun- it <laughs> we'll find him yes. yes and look out for that we're about out of the show it's almost time to yeah. show it's, it's over there it, was two minutes left it was a good show <laughs> yeah it was. it was thanks to our guests yes. kiera imani thank you so much and Pick jason. Her book up. Yes. jason thank you thank, thank you, you so much <laughs> thank you everybody thank you marquee for reminding people that liberia did monkey pop oh my gosh well i'm you're welcome <laughs> that i'm back Anyway, make sure that you check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can just search for Queer State of Mind. Also, you can find us online at QSOMNYC. We'll be back live next week with more guests and more shade, apparently. Bye. Bye.